Welcome to the Starry Sky and Witchy Things podcast, season two. Tune in every Thursday for captivating conversations about life, business, and magic. Created by a cosmic witch for the modern empowered woman seeking to craft a more magical lifestyle. But if you're not a woman, you're welcome too. I'm your host, Alexis Neve. Ready to live life limitless? Then let's dive in. So the next couple of episodes will be just me and they will be a little more magic specific. Well, sorry, first of all, welcome or welcome back. Today we're diving a little into moon magic again because this releases on the full moon in Libra, which is the last lunation before eclipse season. Next week, I'm going to talk about the upcoming meteor showers, which are a good magical opportunity if you want to avoid the eclipses. Although I've heard people talk about the full eclipse season being a no-no for magic, I honestly can't tell you what to do. Chaos witches likely use the energy of the eclipses anyway, and most people I know would avoid just the three days around the event itself, with some more sensitive to energetics during the full week, three day, the day, three days after. And of course, if you take a completely placebo magic perspective and don't feel like you want to avoid it just in case you're wrong, the whole conversation around the eclipses is irrelevant. I think you might still benefit from the stuff I will discuss today if you want to use the season to spice up your routine and focus on some things that may not be a part of your moon rituals at normal times. If you listen to the moon magic episode in season one, you might remember how the most basic way is to have attraction spells for the waxing moon and release spells for the waning moon with the full moon being the climax of the cycle where everything comes together. I also talked about how that relates to manifestations and setting intentions. Feel free to refer back to it if you need a refresher or if you didn't listen to it before. Now, you might see a lot of advice against doing spell work and rituals around eclipses, but there are also traditions with spells calling specifically for stuff like eclipses water and even if you are not looking to harness the chaotic energy of the eclipses directly there are magical workings that are appropriate and i dare say even beneficial to do at the time 
And that's our topic for today. Lunar eclipses coincide with a full moon, while solar eclipses coincide with a new moon. So the beginning of the 2023 season will be a solar eclipse in Aries on the 20th of April. I'll circle back to the topic of two new moons in the same sign later. One key aspect behind why astrologers consider eclipses a bad time for magic is that the luminaries, namely the sun and the moon, if you have never heard of that term, are aligned with the karmic nodes. I believe I mentioned them briefly in the astrology episode in season one, as they are a good aspect to look into for shadow work and self-growth if you are a beginner. But that was in relation to the birth chart. The nodes are also transiting the sky in the here and now. At the end of the day, people are living their lives whenever babies are born. Unlike other aspects of the birth chart, the nodes are representative of our life themes and trajectories. Some believe that we carry what we mastered in past lives in our south nodes and I hope that's not the case because I hate the idea that at some point in history I was a Virgo but that's besides the point. Eclipses become a time when we are confronted with a painful readjustment of these trajectories and opportunities to align ourselves with our greater spiritual good. Now if you don't believe you are literally going to have to face things because of cosmic forces arranging your life for you in order to have such opportunities, it doesn't matter. You are listening to this podcast, so you clearly have an interest in spirituality and you can choose to do these rituals to be deliberate in noticing and harnessing those opportunities. So what things are good to do for eclipses? Basically, anything that is oriented towards observation and grounding. The stuff that isn't recommended is what requires you to focus your energy towards something specific like manifestation or spell work or stuff like moon water or charging crystals as they'd be charged with chaotic energy. Unless, as I said earlier, you want to work with chaotic energy. The warning is for people who want to do the same thing they do every moon cycle and expect the same result as every moon cycle. I'm fairly agnostic about energetics and whether it's me or it's outside of me, but I also take symbolism seriously. To an extent that is probably annoying to most people. So I plan not to do magic with the eclipses and focus on the karmic aspects of them. Whether you look at the normal cycle or the progressed cycle, the speed at which the sun and moon move gives us a similar insight into the rhythm of life. During eclipses, their trajectory coincides. The nodes, however, being calculated points rather than planets or asteroids, are the constant point of contention between the sun, which symbolizes our quest for individuality, and the moon, whose symbolism includes the collective unconscious and our connection to the earth and materiality. Some astrologers see the movement of the sun as a quest for meaning, 
with the moon's fast-paced cycle being the level of the day-to-day -day experience that informs what the sun then processes as our view of the world. In this context, the nodes and any aspects they make with the other planets become a significant portion of what it means to be us, which I think calls for honouring the eclipses with making space for introspection, even if you tend to use the moon cycle for introspection anyway. Chances are you do focus more on questions that are smaller than your purpose in life, unless you're me, because I feel like I ask myself these big questions on a daily basis. There are a minimum of four eclipses a year, and they have overlapping cycles when it comes to where in the signs and houses they fall. So on the 20th, we will start a cycle on the Aries-Libra axis, but the next eclipses on the 5th of May will be in Scorpio, which is on the axis where we had the eclipses this past autumn. This provides us with the opportunity to look at the themes that relate to the new cycle, as well as getting closure with the themes from the past one that's coming to a close. If you have a journal tracking your magical workings, physical or digital, it doesn't matter, it'll be a good time to look back on what you wrote a year ago. You can do an eclipse star spread, or journaling just fine, or meditation and grounding, which is in fact advised. One thing I've started to do more of after taking the Alignment and Architect course, which you'll hear more about in the episode coming out on the 27th, is keeping track of key transits that affect me specifically, rather than just the general stuff I have in my Magical Eye Planner. If I remember correctly the time zone difference from the planner, the new moon on the 20th will be at 5.12am UK time. It's 6.12 Central European time, which is plus 2 GMT, so only one hour ahead of British summer time. But if you're planning to do stuff right at the hour, but you better check the conversion to your time zone, it's definitely 6.12am CET. I checked for any aspects to do with the sun, the moon and the nodes in my birth chart to highlight areas of focus rather than looking at any progress on my 2023 intentions, which were my 2022 ones anyway. Since my life has not been a two years long tower moment already, my natal moon is aspected by four transits, two of which are oppositions, and the only positive one being a trying with Saturn. Basically, even if it wasn't an eclipse, the sky that day would still be screaming for me to hide in a blanket fort and speak to as few people as possible. To be fair, the Saturn trine is supposed to be like going King of Swords on my Queen of Cups and gosh, that sounds a lot more racing than I intended it to be. I'm going even more unhinged than usual. So, as I said, I would circle back to the idea of two new moons in the same sign. A black moon is when there is a second new moon in the same sign. Even without the eclipses thrown in, they are a good opportunity to reflect back on the intention set at the first new moon, 
and double down on the energy of the sign where it's felt. Between the fact that last new moon was exact at zero degrees Aries the day after the equinox and my personal circumstances, I have had the itching feeling of newness following me around all of Aries season in some really dramatic ways. You may not feel like it applies to you quite as strongly, but you could focus on the themes of Aries or the fire element or of the house where Aries falls in your chart, or if you use Placidus and skip the themes of the first house that it rules. I'm a double Aries in Placidus and having skipped dinner and finding myself hungry at a quarter to midnight, I'm doing a pretty poor job with the themes of one of them, namely the sets. Of course, this last bit was a general lesson on the Black Moon and you need to feel for yourself how that applies to you in the context of what I said about eclipses. You can have a Black Moon that is not an eclipse. Or at least I believe so, don't quote me on that. I should have fact-checked this. Anyway, before we go, last week I did not pull a card since April and I ran away like, what? 45 minutes over my usual time and I promise it was a one-off every other guest is going to be around 30 minutes so today I'm going to do a special pull not just for the week ahead but also for the Libra full moon today and for the eclipse season buckle up the energy of the week ahead I pulled seventh of cups now that's an interesting one to me since we start the week with a full moon in Libra as you know so we will have a waning moon in Scorpio over the weekend. So cups intensifies. But also on the 7th, we will have an exact set style between Venus and Neptune at 7.57 p.m. CET. Venus is still in Taurus, a few days away from moving into Gemini on the 11th. So she is aspecting Neptune in Pisces. It's a great time for all of the romantic themes of Venus that I like to pretend aren't there. Seven of Cups reminds us, though, of the importance of remaining grounded, even though that doesn't mean that we need to kill our imagination either. Talking to myself here, I've really struggled with that card. Other notable transits for the week between now and the 13th are Mercury sets style Mars on the 8th at 8.28 a.m. CET. She's again Taurus, aspecting a water sign. Obviously, since that's what a set style means, it's a 60 degrees angle, so it can only happen within elements that sit at that angle. I meant to say that it reinforces the Seven of Cups theme, since it's again the grounding energy of Taurus making sure our cups don't get too watery. This could be a good time for those of you who walk with other people to look at your communications in settings where there is an element of competition, like colleagues on the same level. A few hours after the ingression into Gemini that I mentioned earlier, Venus will be aspecting Pluto in Aquarius, so that's a trine, 12.14pm CET. And the theme for this aspect will be an impetus towards progress in something that has been feeling a bit stuck. For the strictly placebo witches, a good time to look at your limiting beliefs around something you've wanted. For anyone else, just make space for your intuition to speak about the next step on your big quest. Finally, 
a transit that has been on my mind for a couple of weeks now on the 12th the sun will conjunct jupiter at six minutes past midnight cet so the 11th and the 12th are good days if you are planning stuff around visibility for those of you looking for a prompt for the libra full moon today this is partly for me too since i have the 11th and the 12th houses in libra and that's a huge scope our card is the four of cups reversed oh my goddess why am i pulling cups again and dragging you all down the emotional drain with me i think in the context of this full moon being almost one of preparation for the eclipse season coming up you can see this card as a warning about gratitude it can be easy to look at Libra and the themes of balance and pretty much despair at how much you are lacking. If this resonates with you, maybe it's time to really dig deep into whether there is an underlying issue causing the depressive spell. And if not, then walk your way out of the slump with whatever method works best for you. I am known to dance around the kitchen to ultra blast from Utapri if I'm sad and I've done all of the Scorpio things about it. Finally, a card for the eclipse season as a whole and then of course there will be other cards being pulled week by, week by week i'm mostly doing it for the benefits of those who only just started their journey and may not have much to look back on if but if this resonates with you then by all means work with it whatever your situation we have a two of swords here this is the card for those times when you are paralyzed by indecision because there is no clear good option or it's all good options and nothing stands out as the better one or it's a case of the lesser of two evils that kind of stuff you may not have a situation that jumps to mind as being about choices so that in itself could be your theme for your own tarot spread or meditation or journaling that you take with you throughout this season of reflection. Maybe something will come up or maybe you will only dig up some old beliefs that may not even be yours. Just be open, as always, that's the point of why we do all this stuff. I hope this episode has been helpful. I keep forgetting to let you know that I will be doing another Q&A at the end of the final episode, so do send me your questions. Treat it like and ask me anything on Reddit if you want. It doesn't have to be explanations on the themes of the season if you don't have anything like that. This is our community, not school. I'll even answer about my celebrity crush that is not named in the Taurus newsletter. Oh wow, an accidental teaser for the newsletter. Now I feel like marketing best practice forces me to tell you to go sign up at Witchy Musings on Substack. In fact, do come along, we have a chat going on for the full moon, and then we will have one every new moon and full moon moving forward. So, see you there, or until next time, keep living in wonder.
Thank you for spending your time with me today. I really appreciate you being a part of this community. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your friends and family and consider giving it a five-star rating and review on Apple or Spotify to help me reach more people who would love it too. You can also email me with your questions and comments at starryskypodcast.gmail.com. Subscribe to my monthly newsletter, Witchy Musings, on Substack, or find me mostly lurking on Instagram at thisisalexisneve. Thanks to Jenna Sword for the cover art and Papa Planet for the music. Until next time, keep living in wonder.